Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 27th episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have Alan. Hey, that's me coming at you from Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, the gem of America. Not your grandpa's shed in <laughs> Oklahoma, was that? I don't even it remember. It was South Carolina, Clemson, South Carolina, high, home of the Tigers. All right, all right. Which ti- What Tigers? The Clemson Tigers? I mean, the, in what sport? Oh, that would be football. College football. They almost won it this year. Ah. Almost won it. We also have so Sean with us today. Hey, how's it going? Awesome, He's awesome. Dallas. I <laughs> forgot DR, to... what about me? <sighs> oh, this guy. Damn this it. guy. All right. All right. But, hey, He's back. Podcast about board games, tabletop games, <laughs> stuff. This is where we've become... <laughs> sentence structures <laughs> how you feeling sbj i'm yeah. good i'm good uh is working on the website keeping you down no i the only time uh i actually put some time into the website was on monday during wrestling i try to get Ooh. any kind of computer wrestling is great because it is a fantastic programming that is way longer than it should be so therefore they're <laughs> is a lot of downtime and I get a lot of like of my own website work done or like analytics stuff for my podcast or now in this case working on the Tuesday night podcast or the Tuesday night games website. So I get a lot done during wrestling on Mondays besides watching wrestling. Very cool. Nice. But yeah, it's just been uh you guys, you guys will probably be talking more than I will this episode because you got a bunch of news and exciting stuff and you've played stuff and i haven't i've just been very busy i have friends coming in from out of town this weekend oh, they're cool. throwing a wrestlemania for the party. listeners if you could see sbj you'd see how disheveled and tired he looks he's really been working hard everyone he's got pit stains <laughs> hair's all messed up he's just drooping at the shoulders it's amazing but i'm sorry go on SBJ. and if you guys could see alan you'd see that he's cut off at the torso so and he's holding a dog and he's wearing a blue shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing anything. Sorry, uh, the joke is that all I could see is the profile pictures of you guys on Skype. Oh, okay. and SBJ does look tired on his profile picture. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're well, having a WrestleMania party this weekend, so it's a lot of like cleaning and getting things ready and moving stuff around to accommodate people that are coming from out of town. So that's that's busy, and then work stuff, and then pot. I went from doing one podcast to now doing three podcasts to now freelancing for your guys' website. Life is horrible. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do we have here for the intro? We have some World Championship Russian Roulette. Let's start with that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, our friend Donald from Board With Life, uh, we commissioned them to work on the Kickstarter video, and he just sent us the script today. Wasn't that today, Sean? That was today, yeah. That was today. Yeah. Looks hilarious. So pretty excited about that. Uh, Anthony Birch is going to be in it, as we said before. (laughs) Uh, The idea is we're going to get kidnapped and forced to play Russian roulette. Yeah. I thought Donald was the audio guy. He is, but they're all filmmakers. And so I think that's his expertise. He's actually an audio director for Okatron. 9,000? 3,000? Anyway, does a lot of anime video game type stuff. Um, but all of these guys are writers and directors and things like that. Yeah, they it, trade hats on and off per episode. 
if you follow them on Twitter, sometimes you'll hear one of them say, like, I hope you like this episode because I was the lead writer on it. Oh, okay. It's kind of hard to get a job in the film industry, too, even if you want to be a director someday, if you don't have some sort of marketable skill. Like if you're not an audio guy or a lighting guy or a camera guy, that kind of stuff, or an editor. And so generally people are developing that skill and then hopefully making enough context that they can switch over and become a director or producer, if that's what they want to do. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, you're not going to be with us next week, are you, SBJ? Speaking of skills and your wonderful hosting skills not being with us next week. I will not not be with you, no. Uh, Next week I will be prepping for the Midwest Gaming Classic. What is that? It's uh, it started off as like this arcade convention in in Brookfield, Wisconsin. So they are you just bringing w- your homemade uh, Pokemon arcade machine? I am. Woohoo! It's surprisingly it still works. Uh, so it started off like 400, 500 pinball machines, and then they opened it up to like vendors, and now there's like Call of Duty tournaments and Mario Kart tournaments and Smash Brothers, and there's like every. It's just like this convention that started off really small and it's pretty big i think they had five to six thousand people come through last year or something like that i don't know that that seems big for something that's not like a comic con or a wizard world much of a tabletop presence there uh very little i'm just wondering if it's something we should be going to well the tabletop stuff i would say started about two years ago where uh board game barrister which is probably the only actual board game shop in town that isn't selling remote control rc cars and airplanes they would set up so two years ago they started setting up a like an open gaming area where you give them their driver's license and then you can rent a game and just play it but there's like nothing where there's like sanctioned events or anything like that um and then last year a different gaming i think they came from chicago because they're not from the area but they also set up something where they were just mostly selling games and they pretty much had everything you would expect that was popular at the time like i think last year like they had the most copies of splendor when splendor was super super popular still Hmm. so what you're saying is don't go I mean, right now, the the biggest problem with the show is it's it's in a hotel. It's in the Sheraton, Brookfield Sheraton, and they had to get, like, a tent to, like, extend off <laughs> the hotel, and then they stuck all the vendors in the tent. And both, ye- both of the last two years, the weather was just really crappy. So the first year when they got the tent <laughs> and set it up, the tent flooded because they put the sandbags in the wrong area. And so, like, you were walking through the vendor hall in, like, six inches of water. So it trapped the water in instead of yes. stopping it. <laughs> uh, and then I, I, last year was better, but it was it's just, like, there's zero space at all in this, in this hotel. Like, they need, a, they need to find a different hotel or a bigger hotel or something. Cause... Sean, do you think, you think SBJ is lying to us just to really dissuade us from going to some place that he's going? Because he gets enough I... of us. I definitely think that if we're going to be in one location, SBJ is looking to be at the polar opposite end of the world. From that <laughs> the the listeners don't know. going to WrestleMania this year. I love you, SBJ. You avoiding us? The listeners don't know this, but when I was a fan of your guys's work before I found out the horrible people you actually are, I <laughs> I did email you like three years ago and asked if you would be willing to come to it. I don't remember this at all. And Ooh. instead. You guys sent me a print and play copy of Two Rooms and a Boom. 
Oh, that was you. Yeah. <laughs> to run it on your own. Did you run it? No, because there was uh, there was the, the I and I told you guys. First off, I told you guys this. Somebody pulled the fire alarm that night, Ooh, and so they oh. escorted everyone out of the hotel. You and know, I was like, I'm you done. You can just be I'm honest and say home. no. No, I'm telling the truth. I believe you. Why would I, totally... I carry this lie two years later? <laughs> well, I'm sorry I don't remember, but truth be told, I I don't remember much of yesterday, let alone two years ago. I'm sorry, man. We're here now. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of you not being there for hosting, drum roll. We did get a, a replacement host, a surprise host. Matt Lees of Shut Up and Sit Down will be here next week to be SBJ. Yeah. Yeah. Is he going to be able to do that on like uh, American time? I don't know. I don't know, Sean. We may be doing this at two in the morning or some weird time. <laughs> it's just going to be myself and Matt. That's All fine right. with me if it's going to be at two in the morning. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to talk about, Sean, what has been going on like just today within the last, what am I fishing for? The last, like, 30 minutes, 45 minutes ago. What was that? Well, Lindsay bought some stuff for at Ikea. You and then, son uh, of a bitch. <laughs> we, had a, we had another call with Hasbro. Whoa! <laughs> we had a Hasbro meeting. It was amazing. Super, super secret Hasbro meeting. Super great guys over there. Um, I'm always super jealous when we get to see into their offices because there's just games everywhere, and it just really looks like a fun place to work. Um. Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, but for gamers. Absolutely. So instead of candy, just imagine dice and meeples and all sorts of plastic, awesome, fun things. Yeah, shark instead attack. of turning into a blueberry, you turn into a D6 and yeah, all sorts yeah. of stuff. So I think we mm-hmm. talked about this on like episode three or four when you guys Because we just got back from Providence, the Hasbro headquarters. Right. Yeah. So is this the same conversation that's been happening 23 episodes oh, later? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They we showed them two games. They passed on one game, and they were following up on another game. And I was really sort of kind of surprised. Two new games. Two totally new games. Yeah, which these are games that I designed and developed. It was like, hey, here you go. And one we can talk about was is Dinner of Doom, which is a single table version of Two Rooms and a Boom, which we I think we talked about before. Mm-hmm. But the other yeah. one, we shouldn't really talk about too much just in case they publish it. And I don't know their legal team. We don't want to, you know, knock on wood, jinx anything by talking about it too much. But they were interested in the other game. And I was fascinated because they called because they want our ideas on the hook for the game. So they want like they really seem to love the game, but they just want to know, like, what should the box look like? And what's the elevator pitch for the game how do we get people really interested with the game just sitting on its shelf on its shelf and they gave a lot of compliments to two rooms and a boom and they really complimented the graphic design of that i'm not sure if you were picking that up sean yeah i wasn't picking that up i mean i just uh, i guess i just took from it that two rooms and a boom is very grabby both in title and in you know the look which is the graphic design and in concept um which is why i think it's done so well but uh they were definitely very complimentary, and you know that's why we're in the room with them for sure. Is from two rooms in a boom. They've always sort of made that known. Like, if you could make something as popular as that over again, what would it be? And it's like, well, uh, I mean, we're working on it. Yeah, you're asking for lightning twice. Come on. So it was a good meeting. It was really fun, and 
we just did some ideas and they actually gave us homework, which fascinating. So we're working on uh, three to five possible variants of like, here's one way the game could look. And it was really cool how they said it. They said, come up with the wildest and craziest one that really Hasbro probably couldn't do legally or something like that. Then go with one you think is just very typical Hasbro with all the other party game lineups they have. And then give us one that's in between. Is that a good representation of what they told us to do, Sean? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think what they want to avoid is doing a lot of sifting work on their own with us just being like, here's a million ideas and saying like, hey, give us, you know, some some solid pitches uh, in this, these sort of arenas, you know, go really far, go really conservative, give us something in the middle, you know. Because these guys funny. are really like shepherds, you know what I mean? They're really trying to lead us into a direction where they can sort of pitch our game to their internal people and get it moving. I mean, they're the inventor relations team, you know, so they have, they know how to talk to game designers and get us to do what they want, but they're not necessarily going to do that stuff themselves. I don't think. I was surprised because most people I talked to said, I doubt they're going to ask you about marking and ideas because it's Hasbro. They got a whole team for that, but they really did want our input. So it is very flattering and surprising, just really cool experience. Even if nothing happens, at the end of the day, I'm smiling just because it happened. You can't tell, but that was the sound of me smiling. Let me backtrack a bit. Dinner of Doom, There's that That was what you talked about, like episode three and four. They're still interested in that. Then you showed them something new. They didn't want that. And then you showed them another no, no, new no, they thing. Didn't, they didn't want Dinner of Doom. They want the new thing. Oh, okay. We showed Got them it. two games, Super Project D and Super Project T, and they didn't want... D, which was Dinner of Doom. They said, hey, we're going to pass on Dinner of Doom. And they told us that within a month, I think, Sean, right? Within a month, yeah, they're like, hey, we're passing on Dinner of Doom, but we're really interested in Secret Project T. So what what happens to Dinner of Doom now? Whatever we want. You just poop on it. I don't know. See if people are interested in it. Like, hey, I want a tabletop version of Two Rooms and a Boom. How does that work? And I could probably make some print and play. Maybe put it up on Game Crafter. We can put it up on the old website, which you're working on. And uh, yeah, we can do that if people are really interested. I I just think that it's a little bit of cannibalism, where if people play to Dinner of Doom, which people have played at my house because we play tested it, like this is really cool, but let's play two rooms in a boom. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where two rooms in a boom already fills all of that better i think than dinner of doom does it was tough because when we were pitching to hasbro one of the things we had to be strategic about was okay these have to be good games they can't be immediately games that we want to publish you know but they can't be games that we hate otherwise they won't take it either we have to have games that will be strategically good for us that will expand our brand but will also be good enough that they you know will make a lot of money for hasbro that kind of stuff and dinner of doom makes sense because if we just made a hasbro like a terms and a boom Star Wars themed, while it would sell a lot, it would completely destroy the terms and a boom market that we've cultivated. And so I think it was really interesting coming up with, you know, the list of games that we wanted to pitch to them in the order we wanted to pitch it in and the types of, you know, things we'd be willing to hold back on because they fit into one of those sort of Venn diagram circles. It's cool because they call them toy inventors instead of game designers. They don't call it game designer, they call them inventors. And one of the things that makes the criteria for a game that we won't publish, but we kind of would like to. So why don't we pitch to Hasbro 
is it may have some really fancy components that we're not able to make, but Hasbro can. For instance, if I thought up of Loop and Louie, I can't make a print and play version of Loop and Louie. It's a freaking toy with a crazy ass pilot flying around and killing chickens. I can't do that. So Hasbro totally can. Well, speaking of what we can and cannot do, we can make a new website. <laughs> Excuse me, Sam. Do you have the time? Uh, yeah. It's topic time. Oh, you want to talk about the topic of the episode? <laughs> yeah, you like that transition? It was pretty smooth, that was, I thought. That, that was smooth, man. Smooth. <laughs> uh, what, what do you guys want to specifically talk about? I have uh, features written down, video page, game pages, cause of death, ghosts, question mark. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cause of death, ghost. So that's one thing is it, it, Tuesday night game should be a place where people can go and check out any game that we have in our lineup. The primary features of a website is something that Sean and I have talked pretty exclusively about, like what is the function of a website? And the one thing we wanted to do is help us market a game. So during two rooms and a boom, there was a countdown leading up to the Kickstarter launch. And then you could also just have a link right to the Kickstarter during the Kickstarter campaign. And then after the Kickstarter campaign, there was a pre-order for it. So that was the main thing. But right now it's going to be World Championship Russian Roulette. And if someone goes to the website wanting more information about our games, we want it to be really easy for them to find that information. And what do you say, Sean? Three clicks? Three clicks and they can find it? Yeah, something like that. Just minimizing the amount of time they have to click around to find the specific thing that they need, keeping it all in one place, making it easy to use on their phone. You know, something I'd love for people to tweet us or email us about is like what their favorite board game websites are. Because I feel like, much like rule books, this is an area where board games should be leading the industry. And we are severely lagging behind um, just as an industry because there's so many things that board games can do well with websites in terms of errata and building communities and tutorials and rule books and print and play games. Um, and I feel like we do it all really poorly with super, super old websites. And it's not really about the design or the look of it to me so much as it is just that the functionality just doesn't seem there. They've got blogs that don't need to be blogs, you know, uh, that kind of thing. And so I'd, I'd love to see examples of board game websites done well. Pop the classic quiz, gentlemen. Example, of course, is Go for Board Game Geek. <laughs> yeah, Board Game Geek, a uh, great site. We'll always use it. And to be fair, Board Game Geek says they're revising it. They're trying to go for that Facebook look. And I think they've been doing that for a couple of years now. I was going to say, I feel like that's been what they've been saying for a decade now. And we <laughs> looked at the example last time, but it's like, well, this will bring them up to being 10 years behind the times as opposed to 20, but... I just want to be really nice to Board Game Geek because, first of all, they're awesome. Board Game Geek is an essential tool. But second of all, they backed us on Boomer Doom. So, uh, but I don't want to be a sellout. But yeah, it's it's that is an example. But the thing I wanted to ask you guys, pop quiz, is name your favorite board game site. What's a board game website that you look at and you're like, damn, that's a nice website. It's functional and beautiful. I feel like we have the same answer here. Say it. One, two, three. Shut Cards up against down. humanity. Yep. Wait, what did you say? Shut up and sit down's website. Shut up and sit down's <laughs> website is also really good. Particularly what did you for say, Sean? Cards Against Humanity. Okay, so we are good. All right. Cool. So what is it about Cards Against Humanity that you like? Or not their website. 
Uh, well, I like that it's just minimal clicking. It's all on one page. Um, they don't feel the need to have pages that aren't useful to them that other places do. Usually, like a board game company is small, and they go buy a template from Mojo Themes or whatever, and it's got a contact page, about page, a blog page, a store page, or whatever. And so they say, okay, cool. Well, we'll populate that content. But they never stop and ask themselves, like, what's what are we trying to do here? Like, if your goal is to sell the game, the very first thing on that page should be, like, buy this game. You should have no barriers between me, the user, and you, the seller, in terms of getting to buy that game. And the next thing should be, you're thinking about buying the game? Here's the reason why you need to buy that game right now. It's just a sales pitch, sort of done in, like, the old journalism format of, you know, lead with your strongest thing and give them more details as they go along because they're more interested. Not front load them with information and then at the very bottom say, now that you've read about all... 12 of our schools of magic and the gameplay, you know, design breakthroughs. Would you like to buy our game? It's like, buy our game. No, here's why you should. That kind of stuff. And they just do a really good job um, with that kind of information. Uh, Shut Up and Sit Down does as well. It's The focus is all on the writing and the videos and getting you to do that. And everything else is sort of tucked away. The comment section is very easy to navigate um, for a website that wants to develop a community. And if you want to do that, you have to have a comment section that's easy to navigate. Stuff like that. You can check out monikersgame.com because monikers, we talk about it enough, might as well say, yeah, their website does a fine job too. It does Mm -hmm. have video playing, which may bog down if you got an old computer or crappy connection, but yeah. So that's a big thing for me is like not doing things because people do them because it's like, oh, let's have an about page about us, but really trying to focus on the user and saying like, what do they want to see? And how can we give that to them with as minimal distractions as possible? Oh, the Monikers uh, game mobile website is so good. I'm pulling it up. Just an animated GIF, dumb party game that respects your intelligence, quick pitch, buy for 25 bucks, and then reviews on the bottom. Couldn't get any better than that. So our idea is we would have something like that for each individual game. So it is almost as if every single game has its own unique website. So damn, no wonder why you're so tired, SBJ, knowing you have this task ahead of you. Oh man, <laughs> what did you walk into? Woo-hoo! I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I. so why would a fan come to the page that already owns it? Well, maybe they're looking for a tutorial video or maybe they're actually curious about other games we have made. So the idea that I have is making sure that the website double dips whenever is possible. So if we have the two rooms and a boom page right there, boom, you have uh, two rooms and a boom tutorial, which we've had up for a while. But if we have a video section, there's like the video section that has the tutorials and you can find it there. So if someone comes onto the website thinking, man, I want a tutorial video for two rooms and a boom, oh, it's going to be in their video section. Or if they come in saying it's in their two rooms and a boom section, they're both right. Three clicks away. Click, clack, click. I can't think... Of why I would go to, <laughs> I can't think of why I, thought I would you were gonna say I can't do this anymore. <laughs> just like leave the podcast. <laughs> it just it just ends right there. The music starts. Um, <laughs> you can just say like fuck the topic. Let's move on to table talk. We can do that right now. No, no, no. The uh, maybe maybe this this in itself is a huge topic, but I. The main reason I ever venture out to a board gaming website, well, there's two reasons. One is to learn more about the game. So that's something that Shut Up and Sit Down does very well. Like, oh, they reviewed 
Cosmic Encounters. I don't know what this game is. Their review is eight minutes long. I know from the past that they're really funny. I'll watch this, and I usually will know if I want to buy or not buy the game at the end. So it completely serves its purpose from start to finish. Uh, the other reason would be I own this game, and I don't understand it at all, or I'm in the middle of this game, and now I have people arguing with each other over a specific rule. Let's go to the game's website and look at an FAQ. Oh, they don't have one. Awesome. Let's trudge through Board Game Geek now and dig through their non-mobile friendly website to hopefully see if somebody asked the question that I have and see if there's an answer so I can get on with this game in a real life situation. I I suppose those are the kind of two reasons why I would venture out to a board gaming website and Clearly, you have purchased the Pathfinder Adventure card game. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, that man. pretty much sums up my entire experience with it. I'm not sure if I love the tired SBJ more than the regular SBJ, because he's amazing. <laughs> Tells it like uh, it is. Yeah, so what you're saying, your recommendation is on our website, we should definitely have an FAQ section in there, or at least make sure that in our tutorials we cover any niche rules. I think. I, I, yeah, I think that every game page would have an FAQ somewhere in the middle slash bottom area. Obviously, what mm-hmm. John said of you want to pitch your strongest material ahead of time and they haven't bought it, that would be the best place to buy it. But as somebody scrolls down to go, oh, what happens when I add Cupid and the drunk and so-and-so to Two Rooms and Boom, how does that get resolved? That's a frequent... I'm sure you guys know what the frequently asked questions about your games are. Yeah, yeah, I think like, that's a great uh, idea. When is it coming out? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea, SBJ. Congratulations on just making yourself work even harder. <laughs> but even, and, and this this would depend on everyone's schedule, but even to like maybe set a reminder once a month to check Board Game Geek and like look at this question being asked or being upvoted, let's move this to our website just so... Yeah. Oh, I'm 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 realizing now in Cards Against Humanities, even on their mobile, at the very end, your dumb questions. And they've got like 20 there. Awesome. I mean, that's my like, favorite, one of my favorite parts of a rule book is like the the FAQs in the back of like we know people run in the scenario and we know that this question is asked and here is your answer and it's like perfect. This game yeah. is so self aware, and to have a website that's not self aware seems like two steps back. A game that knows how to explain its own complicated bits in sections, like like you said, really improves to me my perceived quality of the designers of the game like a million fold because it's like you play this game and for what you know there's things like there's just constraints in rule books and you say it directly one way and there's a couple interpretations for it there's stuff we could cover you know one of the hardest parts was like alan i think you're aware of this more than anybody but one of the biggest i don't say pushbacks but from our play testers one of the biggest questions is okay but how do we play turns in a boom you know like i know that you have the rules but what happens in a round you know and that's why we did the video but it could very easily be covered in a frequently asked question that says like Games generally look like this. We have a lot more space on a website for like a longer, more thoughtful answer to things like that. So yeah, I think frequently asked questions probably should get more attention on a board game website than almost any other product other than like a VCR. That's golden. Yeah. Gold. (laughs) These podcasts are really productive, guys. I appreciate them. Thank you. Now we'll put you on the spot here as you can tell us what you've played this week. Uh, I've played a few games. 
a few oldie but goodies. It was someone's birthday celebration. We celebrate people's birthdays on our Tuesday gatherings that we have every Tuesday. <laughs> and we let them choose what they want to play. So I got to play Telestrations Against Humanity, Hoopla, Billionaire Banshee, and Love Letter, or as Will likes to call it from last episode, Love Letters. He likes to make it plural. He's been doing that since I ever met him, and I've tried to break him for him, but he's committed. Yeah, it's also Pokin. I mean, definitely from Pokemon. <laughs> I, he's the only person I've ever heard call it Pokin. Yeah, I've heard yeah. a couple other people say Pokin, but I hear Pokin more. Yeah, because of Pokemon. Come on. Yeah. 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 I'm uh, glad we're on the same page. That's why we podcast together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got the good mix going on. Yeah. So, uh, Telestrations, I'm sure you guys know that game, but when it's Telestrations Against Humanity, it's just playing Telestrations using Cards Against Humanity cards instead of the cards that came with Telestrations. And Telestrations is just a published version of Eat Poop You Cat, which is just a classic folklore game that has been around a long time. Yeah. But uh, that's what I've been up to. I can pitch any of those if you want. I know you guys want to ask me to get into the elevator. Nah. <laughs> okay. Billionaire Banshee. I feel like I've heard that before. I've had it for years, and then I heard Shut Up and Sit Down talk about it a couple of occasions. thought, you know what? It is an amazing game. I'm going to whip that thing back out, and we really enjoy it. It's well, a great game. Why don't you sell it to me in a minute here? I can, I can do it in less than a minute. <laughs> so, Sean, make it rough. I want you to be a billionaire that is a banshee. All right, <laughs> kind of unoriginal. All right, I'm going to go to one of my canned billionaire voices for this one. Now who's unoriginal? No, oh, I know, I know. I'm trying to think, how do I do it? Because the billionaire voice is just going to be... Yeah, anyway. It's All just right. you being louder. It's really it's just me being louder. It's, it's Alan Girding with billions. What's up, motherfuckers? Uh, <laughs> All right. Ding me, SBJ. Hello. I have a question for you, simpleton. Would you date me? Because I'm a billionaire and I love to share my money with the person that I date. Yes, I like to make it rain on you. But the problem is, I'm a banshee, and all night long I'll be making these noises. Ooh, would you date me? Don't tell me yet, because you're gonna say date or deny, and then everyone else around the table is gonna predict what you say. Everyone reveals, and if they're correct, and guess what you would date, or if you would deny, then they get a point. Then rinse and repeat. It's a fun game because you learn so much about your friends. More than you'd learn about them if you gave them tons of money. Trust me, I've tried bribing people, but playing the game's a much easier way. Billionaire Banshee plays with three players or more in just minutes. Woo! See you at the bottom. He, he edits that in, Sean. You don't have to ding, but cool. I know that because this last week I listened to two episodes of our podcast. Shut up. What have we been talking about? We should be talking about this, Sean. <laughs> I'll see you for another time. Oh, two whole episodes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How did Any you questions? find the time? You know what it was? I was in somebody else's car, then my own car, and like 
I had a ton of commuting this week. I had to take people to the airport multiple times. And uh, so I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll just listen to our podcast. That's really the biggest thing is like it's hard for me to listen to podcasts while I'm working because um, it breaks my concentration and I don't have a way to listen to it in my car. And so, But when I did, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, I have a better idea for Billionaire Banshee since you're not going to talk about the podcast and leave it for another time. I'm going to play around with you guys. Here's here's the round. I just drew two cards. One's a perk and one's a quirk. So one's supposed to be really cool. One's supposed to be not so cool. Do you think I would date this person? And let's house rule this. When we say date, we mean date multiple times, not just go out on a single date. We mean like be in a relationship with for some amount of time. So here we go. The perk is this person's a super hacker. Cool thing about the game is they give little notes here to clarify for instance they can hack into any computer but they'll never hack into your devices they respect you that way and they'll take any hacking requests that you have and they're untraceable they'll never be caught for breaking the law super hacker that's the perk but here's the quirk in order to get off they need to punch you during sex the good news is you choose where they get to punch you. The bad news is it's a full force punch. They're of average strength and you must be having sex with them during that. And they must get off during sex. Otherwise, they're uh, not going to be too happy. Very specific. All right. So here's the thing. Date or deny? What do you guys think I would do and why? I've already chosen. I'm not changing my answer. So... What do you guys think? Oh, date I know what you do. Uh, oh, really? I would say Absolutely. date. Oh, Why yeah. date, SBJ? Why, guys? Why date? One, the card seems to imply that you would definitely be having sex with this person, which I think is a bonus for you. Two, I think... <laughs> this is getting really personal here. It's okay. I, let it fly. I, I think the <laughs> idea that somebody who has something very specific that they have to do to get off that they would like... I think you would be really into. I think you would be like, yeah, if that's what you, I mean, you can't hit me in the face, but you're a pretty strong guy too. I think, you know, if they could hit you in your abs or whatever, or on your lats, I think you would be fine with it. You're <laughs> ultimately a pleaser at heart too. I don't think the hacker benefit is that great to you. Although I think it would, you would use it for things like, you know, like applying for booths or events late at Gen Con or something like that and be like, well, I'll just have my hacker girlfriend handle that. <laughs> Um, but I don't see you like getting a lot of monetary gain out of it. I don't think that would be fun to you, but I, I could see you like avoiding a lot of minor penalties for like, um, late deadlines or stuff like that. What do you think? You said date SBJ. Why? Yeah. I mean, I don't think I could say anything differently than what, what Sean implied. He knows me pretty well too. So I might marry this person, let alone date them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was what I thought. <laughs> I might marry this person for all those reasons. And here's a little thing about me that I really shouldn't say in the podcast. I like to get punched. I know that's really weird, but it's one of those things like, yeah, yeah, sure. I hope strangers just don't come up and punch me in the face after hearing this. But uh, yeah, I've been punched on more than one occasion. I've been punched a lot of times, guys. That's another story for another day. Several stories, but... uh. Makes you feel alive. Yeah. I'm a sensationalist. I'm pretty sure that from my time in person I've spent with you and Sean, you're both very touchy-feely. Yeah, we're pretty affectionate. Yeah. Are you not SPJ? 
uh, I, I I can be, but it's it's like oh you're getting hugs from me, sir. I you have to that. be on a very specific level with a person to like. You gotta you gotta earn it. Yeah. Well, yeah. if I've only can met I hug you, you? I would I, I, I would allow that. Like I was yeah! like I was at a wedding. This we'll, we'll we'll end it here. I was at a wedding for one of my good friends who it's obviously a friend that I would like give a hug to or or whatever if I haven't seen him in a while. With a bunch of other friends and uh, past co-workers, because my friend still works at a place I used to work at, and so I knew most of the people there. I just didn't know them as well as, like, three or four of the main friends. You know, I'm going around talking to people, and I'm, like, getting ready to say goodbye and everything, and I just, like, turned around, and, like, one guy, like, slapped me in the ass, and I, like, turned <laughs> around, and it was it was a dude I used to work with, but, like, I have no interest in this person's well-being and i just like made me so angry in the moment not because it hurt or because i was embarrassed it was just like we barely know each other like i worked with you for like two weeks and you're you seem okay but like what went through your mind to make that okay i think that's where that that's what made me angry was like where are you coming from with this in his defense you're a really likable guy and (laughs) You got a nice ass, man. What a but great yeah, defense. It... <laughs> no, like a... I, I, I hugged uh, Donald and Chris Bryant uh, when I saw them at a... Uh, Chris Bryant? Bryant. Uh, when I saw them to talk about the Kickstarter video, but I definitely got the impression, not that they didn't want to hug, but I was like, I'm too physically affectionate. I'm like coming up, patting people on the back. If they look sad, I like touch their knee, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, man. That's just one thing bad about maybe us, but I'm going to hug, man. I know some people don't like it, but I, I just got a hug. I got a hug. <laughs> got a hug. I got a hug. All right. Alan, where can our listeners find you and possibly hug you in the future? Well, I don't want to cut you off because I know we're over time. Captain Chessbeard is freaking out, and I know you guys aren't big Chessbeard fans. Sean, you sure you don't have anything to play you want to talk about? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, we can cut it out. SBJ, are we cutting Sean off? or yeah, Let's cut it off. I'll just talk about it next week. All right, all right cool. Yeah, cut we'll all this out. Next week. You can find me. You can find me on the Facebook. Hug me galore. Um, my name's Alan Girding, A-L-A-N-G-E-R. Ding! D-I-N-G. And you can find me on the tweets at Alan Girding. And Sean? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Sean McCoy, S-C-A-N-M-C-C-O-Y. And you should add me on Tomo by Nintendo if you've got that. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> we don't have enough time. <laughs> Damn it. Well, let's talk about it next time because I feel like I'm missing out, bro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dragging a Lake. You can follow the podcast on Twitter or just Tuesday Night Games in general at PlayTKG. And finally, if you have any emails, comments, or concerns, you can do so by emailing podcast at Tuesday Night Games. And Alan got a really good email this week that I forwarded to you this morning. I don't know if you got that. Oh, I haven't gotten it yet. No. Uh, oh, man. Maybe I sent it to the wrong address. Uh, I got but, a lot of I got a lot of tweets and messages about the April Fool's joke from yeah, yeah. last episode. Yeah, that's what it was about. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, this episode is finished. I'm gonna hug you so hard, SBJ. You watch out.